Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I'm Rosie Baker, the editor of Ad News, and welcome to a special South by Southwest edition of podcast. Ad News journalist Sarah Homewood is on the ground in Austin, Texas, with Leo Bennett CEO Pete Bozlikovsky and Twitter Australia MD Karen Stock. So we are sitting in Austin, downtown, um, and we're nearing the end of South by Southwest Interactive. So thanks so much for coming and being part of our um, podcast, well, early morning cast, Austin time. Really Pleasure. appreciate it. Um, so it could be good to kick off with, so how many times have you both been to South by Southwest? Well for me this is my first trip to South by. After last year I got so much good feedback from everyone that I heard in market around how fantastic it was and it's something that we should go and check out. So um, yeah, I've done that this year and have absolutely loved it, been completely blown away beyond expectations of what I had. I came last year and I was kind of, once you bite into the the cherry here, I've got absolutely hooked. It's just exceeded all expectations again. I didn't think it could be actually get any better but it has this is my first time actually and I didn't really know what to expect because I haven't been to South by before I've never been to Cannes but I think it's just been so um, mind-blowing I've really you're quite apprehensive why I was because I just I had no idea what to expect I didn't know if I'd be running around all day or if I'd had enough time to do everything right I was sort of a bit unsure what I'd find but I've also found the 700 Aussies that are here, so I haven't been far from an Australian <laughs> yeah. accent. Yeah. That's interesting. There's, there's far more this year than I found last year. When, when we sort of came up last year, it was hard to spot uh, the Australian. And now here, it's been quite overwhelming with it's, how many yeah, Australians are it's, here. It's really interesting because when I was talking to people going, look, what conferences are you going to go to? Are you going to do CES? Are you doing Mobile World Congress, Khan or South by? feeling that I'm getting is a lot of people, unless you're absolutely hardcore consumer tech, right. just not doing CES as much, and the same with, with Mobile World Congress, and this is like the new event um, for people to go to, but right. yeah, there's Aussies on every corner. Totally. Like, everywhere. <laughs> I was saying that the flight between LAX and Austin felt a bit like the school bus. Like, everyone was going to camp, like, it was all Australians, we're kind Fantastic. of all, all crammed in. Fantastic. Oh, and everyone was just super excited to Like, I was getting my luggage, and I heard an Aussie accent, it's like, hey, were you here as well? We're all going. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so why why do you both come? Why has it kind of become sort of a, a must-go-to for, for you both? I think it's a great question. You know, I think in, in our industry in particular, um, you know, sort of the creative advertising world, you come here not only to get inspired, but there is so much development in these new spaces. And, and I mean, think about what I've been blown away this weekend. It's just 
thinking about um, automation around AI and machine learning and how that's changing the way great organizations are creating content. You know, when it's one of time you think content was come up with a great idea and then you publish it and it's fine, but it's getting far more sophisticated uh, with actually understanding data and then actually the computer's doing a lot of the grunt work these days. So I think it's not the be-all end-all in terms of understanding trends, but to be exposed with such diverse thinkers from listening to the CEO of Under Armour to you know, a guy who created iRobot Roomba, who was an Australian, and who would have thought? But it's just, just this world, it's moving such at a pace that being here is kind of your shortcut of understanding where the sort of latest trends are and then how do you apply them back into what you do. So um, that's, that's kind of the reason for me. Yeah, and what I've liked about this conference is I've seen all of those things that you've mentioned, but I've, on the social side, I've seen a lot of key yep. um, concepts coming out. I know authenticity is a buzzword and it's used a lot, but I feel like that's been really pushed. Things like vulnerability and around being vulnerable and much more participation. So even though we're moving into a highly technological age, all the messaging's been around, that gives you the opportunity for your consumers to participate more and not shut them out. So I really like that balance of messaging. So it's not just about the tech, it's also about engagement, interaction, and all of those things as well. Definitely. So were you in the keynote last night at five o'clock talking about all the AI? Yes. Yes. And were you daunted by that at all? The fact that robots are going to hopefully not take our jobs, but that they're going to, you know, be, be so intelligent that know there'll be less need for humans to interact yeah look I think it was a fascinating keynote because it was a guy who has obviously um, been involved in that sort of area of the um, of the category for, for so long but what I loved was this sort of clarity around where the future of technology may be going especially in the area of AI and robotics and and I think what was quite interesting was Robots aren't going to replace humans, you know, and, and nor should they, nor should AI. AI is a different form. And if we are thinking about AI and robots in a way of replacing humans, then, then what's the point of that? Robots or AI technology is about making smarter decisions, not replacing the human conscience or finding that emotion. And I thought that was quite an interesting distinction. With VR has been a huge facet in this, fest, in this um, conference. Now, he put up pictures where he was trialing VR in 1989 and he made a prediction that it would take over in five years. Now it's 2015 and literally it's been the highlight of, or well, one of the highlights of the conference and um, it's just interesting how to, some technologies you may think were going to take off and then it just takes time. So it reminds me of the year of the mobile, it was always going to be the year yes. of the mobile for like five or six years and then last year it was finally the year of the mobile yeah. it took off. Did you see the, the talk with JJ Abrams? Yes. Um, and the shortcut and the, the clips around Westworld oh. and some of the commentary around it doesn't actually really matter in the end whether you're a robot or a human and exploring oh. some of that as well which is it's actually mind-blowing because you see, I mean, NASA here have got a stand and they're showing how you can use a 3D printer in space to replace parts. And then when you saw that clip, you're actually seeing these robots that are human-like getting created by 3D printers. You look at Hollywood and you think, hang on, is that Hollywood? Or are we, are we 
edging closer to with that being a reality and that's just mind-blowing yeah it literally is you and can... i think that comes back to the conference you know you've got film producers as well so in there actually entering the tech space and talking about it and really challenging us to think differently around how those stories are portrayed with you know with robots and ai as well so you know it's a great convergence of all of these ideas mm. and talking about digital storytelling as well kind of the fact that you know those people are on stage that are having conversations that are just as relevant to our industry as it is to the theatre space is what I find mm. so interesting about how you, how you tell captivating stories, which I guess is sort of where advertising is, is moving so much. It's less about, you know, putting an ad in front of someone, it's getting that brand buy-in and getting someone to feel like, you know, that they're, they're part of that and they, and they want to hear stories or get content from them, which, which I think is so interesting. We touched on a couple there, but are there any um, sessions that were real standouts? I would say from an industry, not my industry, but industry in general, I thought the Hyperloop presentation was interesting. And for a couple of reasons. One, it's not a new technology. It's a technology that has been around, or the plans of how a hyperloop would work have been around for a very, very long time. Two, when you look at the problem it solves and the relative ease, you just know that they're going to come across so much red tape and it's going to be much more difficult than it has any right to be. And thirdly, I thought the business model was interesting. I talked about participation earlier, but the fact that they're crowdsourcing all their intellectual talent into the process is a really interesting way to look at different business models as well. From a personal one, I thought Brain Brown was just outstanding. Did you see Brain Brown around? Um, I can't remember what the actual session clearly, was, yeah. um, but it was it was sort of about emotion and recognizing how you may be sort of framing things in your own mind. Where if you can kind of deconstruct how you're feeling about something, you might come out with a. a a better, um, that sounds fascinating. Like, no, I yeah, missed yeah. that. Was, no. The book's Daring Greatly. It's actually Daring, Daring Greatly. Daring, I missed that, yes. Yeah, and it's basically saying you cannot innovate without the courage to yeah. get smacked and fail. And I think culturally, when you take that back to organisations, even though we all talk about it's great to fail, so many organisations still struggle. So many individuals still struggle with going, I just failed. Woohoo, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. In reality, I'm pivoting. <laughs> it's like, I got there, I failed. <laughs> like, we yeah. And, and that's so part of the innovation process that you cannot innovate without failing. You need to be confident and comfortable yeah. about it as well. And that's a hard personal journey for people to go on totally. as well. Totally. That sounds like a great session. I can't believe I missed that one. Yeah, it was fantastic. What were, what were the standouts for you, Pete? It's been a, it's, it's a topic that's always been discussed for the last few years, and it was one that was raised last year, data. Well, I think one of my standouts was um, meeting the founder of a, a boutique store called Story in New York. And she's got, she completely revolutionized the business model of a retail outlet, where the concept is storytelling, but also using data. And so she said, well, I, I don't sell products, I sell experiences. And so the way the store works is that every week, the store changes based on the story. Now, the genius thing about her business model is that she brings sponsors on board, whether it's Procter & Gamble, whether it's whoever, and they pay to be in her store. So she sells products, but people pay. And it's so unique. And what she's done is she's also encouraged locals in America to come in and pitch new ideas that could be curated in the stores. But Whoopi Goldberg walked into her store and said, I love this. Can I be on that panel where I'm seeing these young you know, designers or whatever? So this concept of she took that to another level and she got um, Google and Yahoo and IBM on board. And so it's not just a pretty design-looking store. 
it's actually using the latest in technology. And so the way the, the way the products are actually promoted is using, I would say, stalls where it's digitally enabled. So when someone picks up, a say, a Gillette razor, there's data behind it. And then that, why did you pick it up? And so the whole store talks to uh, a network. And so she's got all this data that she pitches back to the to their, her clients, really, about what's performing, what isn't. Why is it placed there? Is it working if it's placed there? Your messaging. So what she does is then uses influencers to go in there and then create content. So 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 it's not just a great curated store that changes every week. There's data behind it and then there's this content that she pushes out. And literally for two years out, she has sponsors booked up every week. Right? So so you know, if things don't fly, it's okay. Yeah. And but the question that um, was asked is, are you going to expand? She's only got one store, and I think it's in Greenwich. Or... Her answer was, no. I have 24 people. I'm happy. I am making a lot of money, but that's not the reason why I'm doing it. I love the fact that I can control it, and I love the fact that it's unique and no one can replicate it. I just felt like that was such an amazing thing. Personally, one I've been most inspired about was um, meeting the CEO of Under Armour. Oh, wasn't that brilliant? And this guy, what I loved about him, he was so vulnerable in this stage where he kind of just went, here it is. You know, this this is not an overnight sensation. I started 20 years ago and, you know, built this brand up from nothing. And literally he was an NFL player or college footballer who said, I didn't want to I didn't want to use cotton shirts because they, they just get drenched in sweat and it would slow you down. So he created this thing, which was the Under Armour brilliant concept but one of the things he said was you know his success is data being the new oil for his company and I thought you're a sporting apparel organization but he's talking data and I think every no matter who you are what whether you're an offline online physical or, or not physical data was this thing that was the power of connecting to a consumer and actually understanding what consumers want that was riveting to me yeah it's like from a business perspective you can no longer sell a product or get away with selling a product you actually have to figure out what it is you're providing, Absolutely. what service you're fulfilling. Absolutely. And some of the things that he came up with and the gaps he's filling in the market, we know more about our car than our body, yeah. it's quite shocking. It's like you could know when your car got last service, but your body... You don't that that, that insight, that insight absolutely I'm just, floored yeah, you're me. Just sitting there going, oh my god, I'm going straight out to buy one of those things, yeah. and then the doctor more often, and just yeah. it was really, really impressive. Yeah. Um, and again, we forget things take 20 years. Yeah. We get caught up in this cycle of now, and everything's now, and you're an overnight success. You're an overnight success in 20 years. Like, and he failed a lot, and, 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 and he was happy to sort of declare that. And one of the things you don't see with these global corporations or even, you know, startups, whatever, he, his emotion on stage, he, he came out and said, I love what I do, I love my company, I love my company. Yeah. And I just felt like so glad to see someone so transparent about what they do, about, you know, their success. Um, and you just it's rare to see these days because people are so composed. Everything is about, you know, perception and what they put out there. But just to see someone raw... Vulnerability. I, I thought that, that came out a lot, totally. a lot of talks. There was this vulnerability where the speakers were just not, hey, this is the story I want to tell you. This is the story of me, yep. and I'm sharing that. Totally. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I, I feel like at South by everyone feels um, really open on stage. It doesn't feel like a lot of conferences you go to, it's all pre rehearsed, it's all pre prepared. They're just kind of there to get through the slides and kind of get their yeah. point across. But it feels like there is, I guess, this, a conversation that's going on. People want questions, they want to engage with the audience as well, which I think makes this conference feel very different as well. Yeah. Everyone's there for the same reason to learn and have these kind of conversations and really impart some knowledge that people can take away with yeah. them. 
which I think is really is really great. Um, and I guess for me, I was talking to Karen a bit about this before, but from um, an industry perspective, I saw this fantastic um, session, a panel about racism in advertising, um, which was really powerful. And I think, and obviously, the US is a very different market to what Australia is, but they were kind of talking about how segmentation in advertising could be actually causing some, you know, greater racial problems if you're seeing an agency and saying, you know, we need to sell to Hispanic mothers of, of this age group, that, you know, you're kind of breaking people down into silos that they maybe don't need to be in. And, and they were talking about how emotions that I think it was something the percentage they were saying is 98% of humans, we have the same emotions. It's happiness, it's sadness, it's yeah. anger, yeah. it's all those things. And that has nothing to do with race. Um, which I thought was really powerful. And also the, they raised a really interesting point that we might not even need multicultural agencies. Like, why do we have different agencies that sort of say that we're multicultural, we can do multicultural marketing when that's what every agency should be doing? And, and a young guy from a global network got up and he said that, that, you know, I am part of a big network, I work for the multicultural agency and we just want to pitch. Now the brand wants us to, you know, talk to the bigger creative agency who's doing all our creative, but how do I go back to my office and say, I think we should just do the same work, that we don't need to change the work that we've just pitched in for the multicultural part, we just should be doing the same part, which I thought was really, really powerful. And also, you know, raising the whole issues around that if everyone looks similar in the, in the boardroom um, of an agency that is, you know, coming up with the idea, that's not that's not good either, which I, I just thought it was, um, it was very, very powerful. And another one I saw, again, it's, it's not just kind of off the back of the data conversation you were having, I thought it was really interesting about how data science doesn't have a code of ethics. And sort of again, coming back to the whole data piece, um, you know, you're talking about Under Armour and, and how, you know, everything and also um, story, everything now has a, a data component yeah. in it. But the fact is, because it's so new, I think, you know, that um, the, the guy who was talking was saying that I think the first reported role of a data scientist was in 96. So it's a very new profession and, you know, you're dealing with such personal information, but there is no code of how to deal with these things like privacy. Um, and also there's no real kind of quote about what the community should be doing and how they should be interacting with each other, which I thought, and he was sort of saying, you know, it should be like doctors and journalists, that there should be this code for how you interact with data, which I thought was really, really interesting considering how much it, you know, how much data there is on, on us. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. And to me, it kind of gets into the same area as privacy as well, because... You know, we kind of kid ourselves that there's privacy out there. You know, two things that I look at is going, as a society, we've never really had privacy. We've kidded ourselves that we have. But if you think of, I think of my mum, used to do the, the telephone lines. They used to sit there and listen to everyone's phone calls just to keep themselves interested and, and, and things like that. So, you know, there was, even though you thought you were having private phone calls, like, you weren't. I think also, too, is, I mean, I've got a teenage daughter. She's 17. Privacy is just not even a word in her vocabulary. Like, she just doesn't understand the need, the point, the reason. They're just completely open. Now, I'm not saying that's a good thing. It's the reality of, of where they're at at the moment. It's like, this is me. This is who I am. I'm so used to living my life in public on the internet. Yeah. If you put privacy in front of me, I don't even know how I would deal with that privacy. So um, They're kind of an open platform, aren't they? Because yeah. you're, you're sort of... You've grown up, you're on the social platform, yeah. you put yourself out there, it's documented, it ain't going to get erased, which, which is quite interesting. I, I saw a presentation, it was a, uh, it was a startup and they were pitching, and they were pitching to McDonald's, and um, I think it was called Craver, and so what they were, they were, they were building a, uh, an AI sort of platform on Slack, and what it was, is that if you're on Slack and you're communicating with a, a fellow colleague, 
they have found a program, software that sits on Slack that, that would say, if you were, look, I'm a bit hungry, should we grab, grab something to eat? This um, software would interrupt and say, hey, Susan, how about some Mexican? Because there's a Mexican around the corner. Would you like Mexican? And then you type it in and it learns. And so uh, if you engage with it enough, it will start learning your habits. And then it will remember that you catch up with Steve on a Tuesday and it will start sending you recommendations. And now I was, it was a small little um, room for, for where this was being held. No one flinched. And I kind of sat there thinking, is that intrusive? But doesn't that happen today already? It scares the crap out of me. Yeah. Just but, like, I just don't want But, but as it starts thing. to know you more, it starts learning about you. And I, um, and I don't know whether you guys saw the robot in the IBM Watson. No. You have to check this out. Because this yes. thing, the way it works is that um, I have um, tablets and rock, paper, scissors is the game. And, and then what it does, so that they may have, you know, I don't know, 10,000 people that might walk through there playing it. And what that does is the computer is actually recording and, and learning um, human habits and human it's interface. Reading. That's right. Reading. And yeah. so what you do is then you then you actually play the robot itself, and it's an actual robot, and it wins because and it's winning. And, and they showed you when South by started how it was losing, and it's starting to learn based on the data, and it's learning. I went home that night to the hotel room, and then I saw on a on a blog that Hilton Hotels have just launched the robot at reception so when you turn up and then you know check in there's the robot and it will talk to you and, and it's learning what what humans want so you know hi how are you doing do you have a long day you know would you want a massage tonight what and it's this thing's talking to me and we're engaging in a conversation but it's learning through data and i think this data thing is that and i think it's the guy when he said it's not about replacing humans it's that using data to get smarter to make smarter decisions and this I was blown away so if you walk into the IBM thing if you beat the robot I will give you money because this thing is it, it is it's just incredible but do you, did you see last week that the Google AI program beat the world master in some ancient That's it. Chinese game that had never been they didn't think this would ever happen I was saying that was like the line that cannot be crossed totally and AI program better it. So. But it's like what that guy was saying last night about sort of, you know, that, that AI isn't going to replace human jobs. But the other thing I thought was really interesting is he was saying that you're going to hire people in the future based on how they interact with AI. That Correct. is so fascinating. I think of diversification and inclusion. And to me, that's exactly the same lines. It's like, how do you actually start working better with diverse groups, different sexes, different cultures, different races, to get the best out of them? And that skill set is becoming more and more important, especially because you know there's no geographic boundaries anymore. We all no. work in a global organization, and we're having conversations all over the world. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. For me, that's the 
that's part of this. It's just the next step of that skill set around how do you engage and include different people. Yep. Um, interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. Well, well that, that, um, that example that you raised about the game, yeah. Elon Musk commented and he said, what, what, what happened there, he said, is literally 10 years ahead of its time. That's IBM Watson. So that's the same thing, that's the same software yeah. that this robot is. I mean, that is so well ahead of its time that it's actually scary that these machines are learning. Quicker than we ever thought that they totally. would. Totally. It, it's amazing. Mm. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Do you think the Hilton robot is going to work out that everyone wants a late checkout? <laughs> and good coffee. Good coffee. Absolutely. It would be great if you could walk over and just like hit a button, <laughs> and then coffee turns up. <laughs> yeah, it's got your exactly. order. That's my dream. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. how are they going to program it for all those annoying things yeah. that people want? Can I have an yeah. upgrade? And the robot's like, <laughs> no. Totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Talked about so many different ideas there and concepts. What do you think are the some of the key takeaways you're going to be taking back to the office and telling people about, or really, you know, implementing in sort of how you do things day to day? Yeah, I think for me, is technology is moving faster than anyone's expecting. Like the pace of change, and to me, and, and not in one specific area, in so many different areas, and the opportunities at the moment are just endless. I think also too, what I'm seeing that is a social change that goes with that as well. When I talk about vulnerability, participation, authenticity. We've been, they're buzzwords that have been around for a while, but I think I'm seeing that nice melting point of this new technology participating with these social skills. So to me, it's like, how do you bring those together and help clients understand without being scared? That to me is the big thing I'll be taking away. Yeah, I think I, think I agree. I think the coming here, the world's moving so fast and, you know, data, technology, not being afraid to try things. I think the one thing that I've learned here is that um, you have to try, and, and there are a lot of clients that are a bit hesitant to try because it, there, are, there are strong business reasons why not to, but what I see here is that there's a lot of trial, and the companies that are winning are the ones that are trialing new things that are actually understanding what the consumer wants. And, and right here, when you think about VR being a, well, I think I saw a statement that said VR will be the new social platform. When you see that in lights, you think, how? I don't understand. But it's moving at such a pace that if you if you sit there and contemplate too much, it's going to pass you, and you're going to be relevant for an Under Armour to be a tech company, not just selling shoe what and apparel, company? a health company. Health company. Actually, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what category are you in? And it's kind of defining the category. So I think as an agency, we sort of moved to that space two years ago. Where we're not just an advertising agency. We have to think holistically, agnostically about how we solve business problems. This only highlights the need that it needs to be accelerated even further. You have to go faster. Understanding the core principles, storytelling will always be there, but how that story is being told is so different and diverse. And how people want to hear that That's story. Right. And it's more around how I participate in the story. That's right. That's the right. Story. And that's the big thing that I'm Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so, and it's, it's really about you know thinking. And, and we all say it. I think it's like being consumer first and every brand says they're doing it and they yeah. want to do it. But I think I was in a session about messaging apps and sort of that's where a lot of you know millennials and the 1824s are really in and it's actually using the products and being there so you actually know as a consumer what the consumer wants as opposed to just kind of scattergunning across all platforms and hoping it sticks. It's kind yeah. of, and again, that authenticity piece is like, if you're going to be there, be there 100% and use it yourself and be really authentic with what platforms you're using and how you're using them because you use them yourself, um, which I think is really interesting. And on, on the change point, I think 
going back to the office, I think, and you know, we're, we're a publisher, so we're yeah. slightly different, and we're going through a lot of change and trying to be relevant in our space and kind of serve the industry the best we can. So I think that's sort of an idea I'll take back professionally and, and personally, I guess, is to not be afraid of that change and really, you know, embrace it and not sort of stand here and say, you know, we've always done things the way we have, so we're going to keep doing that. And it's, you know, the VR example, it's like, even if we can't see how it might benefit us in the future, it's kind of looking at all these new technologies and looking what they can do for our business. I think it's really important and I kind of hope we take that back and sort of see all these learnings and what people are doing with data and all these different things and seeing how we can make our service yeah. better and our product better, which I think, you know, is, is so fantastic. About we have to get a new relationship with risk. We just need a new relationship. I think we've, we, whenever the pressure's on, we just all go back into that safe zone. And, like, this is what's worked because our, our whole risk relationship is wrong and we need to change that relationship to give us permission to go yeah we've got no idea and that's okay because we're figuring this out and when we partner with, with businesses and brands we're figuring this out with you we don't know the answer we're going on this journey together and that's a very different relationship and it comes back to that psychology piece again yeah. doesn't it it just kind of comes just, full circle it's so interesting yeah. that, you know you know, humans, we don't like being uncomfortable when you start vulnerable. taking that, yeah. When you start taking those risks, you know, the heart rate goes up, we start to get a bit jittery, and then we kind of go back to our safe zone. I've <laughs> yeah. doing the breathing. Yeah. I prefer to call it tactical breathing. Though. I like that it. For me. Yeah, yeah, we were taught how to breathe in this session. Right. Which was very, I felt calm afterwards. I was ready to swear. It was in for four, hold for four, out for four. And then hold for four. And then hold for four yep. again. I missed the last. I out of breath. I got <laughs> I don't know how you could do that in sort of client meetings or pitches. You kind of just can't stand there and be like, I'm just going to breathe for a second. It's very hard, but you're having that frustrating me. Excuse me. <laughs> just hold your ears. Rub, rub your earlobes. Since I'm Forte, Usa, wasn't that the... Uh, absolutely. And I guess what is... There, there are so many brands here, obviously, and there are so many houses and brands doing really interesting things. If you had to kind of pick one, what, what's sort of the best brand activity either of you have seen? Look, I liked a lot of... It's, it's not really... The, well, it is a brand, brand from the programs. I like the Mr. Robot display, the Game of Thrones display. I love the really simple ways that you bring your whole fan base in to participate. And even though people can't see this, this is like a carry around. This is my favourite picture. Oh, that's all. That I got. It is amazing. That is great. I love it. It's my, it's my new profile picture. It's like... It's I going on the desk. love it. Yeah, that's going to for, for those who can't see it, it, it's, it says F-U-C-K, the system. <laughs> Mr. Rowe, it's fantastic. It's a very serious space, too. I know, I'm really happy with that. It was the first time I nailed that picture. Yeah, it's, just, it's like a cheeky thing. Anyway, one thing I will do a shout-out is I didn't go to the McDonald's party. A lot of people were raving about it yeah. because Conrad Sewell, an Australian, was playing, was playing. So I just wanted to shout-out the Aussie. Oh. <laughs> Everyone was just raving around how amazing he is. Yeah. I didn't go to the party, but the loft was amazing. Yeah. And I thought what they were doing, the pitching with startups and yeah. kind of their, their um, room they have, but the loft and sort of what they were doing with virtual reality, again, it's, you know, thinking of a massive brand yeah. in a totally new way. Totally. Like you walk in, it feels a bit like a bar, so I was not sure what I would find, but, you know, they've got the they've got the traditional product, but they'd even kind of reinvented the Sunday. you know, they had them all laid out, you could have whatever topping you wanted and walk around and you could kind of go inside a giant Happy Meal with virtual reality and you got to paint it yourself. And it was just so interesting to see this heritage brand really embrace what was coming down the, the track and really make it work for them. 
because they could have said, you know, we're McDonald's, how do we use virtual reality? It doesn't fit with us, you know, we're a fast food restaurant chain. But, you know, they, they really embraced the fun and the play that does go along with their brand, and it worked really well. Oh, I agree. I think, I think for me, the two standouts have been... Um one, which was, it, it's completely unexpected, it is McDonald's. And I think just to see that they're willing to take part. They were here last year, and I think they had a small presence, but this year they really amplified. And I think it's, if you, if you can get, I would say, these are the early adopters, you know, the, the ones that are pushing the boundaries of progressiveness, and to get them on side for a brand that's been around for, you know, in 100 years or whatever, to be thinking, reimagining their own business. And, and what, I, what I love was when you walk into that loft that you were talking about, to see the innovations coming from Australia. And so they had Create Your Taste, which is an Australian yeah. innovation. Yeah. And I think to see it here, and it's... McCafe. Yeah. absolutely. The drive-thru. Yeah. Uh, all these things that are invented in Australia. But to see it here, in terms of... We had a few startups last year who would talk about how do you reimagine the retail experience when, in Australia, they're really doing it. Yeah. Um, so I think that was fascinating. But just VR and seeing Samsung... Like, I don't know whether you got to try the roller coaster ride. No, okay. And the game... And I tell you, it was like being on a roller coaster while I'm sitting on a seat and then playing this video game. I, I kind of lost all sense of where I was. And you're literally in the game. And, and I think they're just taking this to an entirely new level. And I'm just, you, you kind of think, well, where's this going to go? Like, what is it going to replace? And that, that's the scary thing. Are you going to sit at home and play soccer and not leave, not leave your lounge room? Like, what, where is this going? But that was mind-blowing because I think, you know, those brands that are pushing themselves. And I think when you think Samsung, you think, yeah, VR, absolutely. But then to see the McDonald's and see the Happy Meal come to life, like, wow, that's a different experience. The other interesting thing around McDonald's is they had that little room in the convention centre and they had their C-suite rotating around that totally. doing talks. So what that showed me too, it wasn't just the innovation team. Yes. You actually had your C-suite committed to this, spending two to three days here every couple of hours doing intimate conversations that were open to the public. I completely agree. I I was in an eight o'clock session and it was a startup pitching. And in the back of the room, not sitting down, was Steve Easterbrook, the worldwide CEO. And they didn't even announce him. He was just there, just observing. And you know what? There's, I'm sure there's plenty of other fish that need to be sort of fried. Yeah. But he was here. And he was, you know, it was amazing. So I, I completely agree with you. And I think that top-down point is, you know, a really good one. Because I think sometimes, you know, all these brands will come here. And as you say, it's the innovation team. But what are they doing, you know, the other 11 months out of the year? And it's just such a massive commitment from McDonald's to say, you know, innovation is you know, so much of a core at what we're doing now. It's what we're prioritising over pretty much everything else, which just kind of puts them in such an amazing set, I guess, moving into the next couple of years. I think they'll be a really, really interesting brand to keep I think the one thing I have to um, bring up because I, I was fortunate to see him was Obama. He was so articulate, so poised. And then when he was asked a question, so it was a million dollar question around the privacy issue yeah. with, with Apple. Yeah. The way he sort of, he kind of said, I won't answer that question. I can't comment on that case, but he did. And, and he <laughs> did it. I did, this is what I would say. But he did. And it was just so, you know what? He didn't skirt around the issue. He kind of said, well, you know what? There's a reason why when the FBI turn up, and they, they, they've got a search warrant and they can come into your house and they'll go through your computer and they'll go through all your belongings if there's, if there's cause to do it. Now, the smartphone is it. That's the new computer. You don't need a laptop. Yeah. You, you've got this. His analogy of FBI turning up to your home with a search warrant, well, we can't now. So what happens with that? And then he, he made the point of, you know, if it was China or Russia asking for it, then how would 
you know, the, the American population react to it, they probably wouldn't want that to happen. But because we're asking, there's, a, there's this whole debate. So I don't know. It's, it was a very interesting perspective, but I was just so impressed that he he was so grounded, but he wasn't scared to take on that, that yeah. those sort of tough questions. And it was just it was highly impressive. It is really interesting because with this technology, you do still ask, what is the role of the authority? What is the role of the government? You know, there's always this conversation: right. of how far do we want them to participate yeah. in our personal lives or yeah. not? That has to be completely readdressed. I think the whole thing around, you know, public pushback or the corporate pushback around this iPhone, how much of that is based on previous lack of transparency yeah. from the government with what happened with Snowden and, and, yes, and all of absolutely. that? absolutely. And would that be any different if that had never happened? Um, and is there a role for government to come in and be much, much more transparent that they have been? We're asking that from our corporations to be transparent. Should we? expect that from our authorities they're caught up in exactly the same cycle around if they want access to this and they want that permission what is incumbent on them to actually deliver back when it yeah. comes to transparency um, on the role of the state it's so interesting because as technology changes so fast and that's sort of what we're seeing here and you know the transformation that's going to take place over the next five years this is going to be a moving target yeah it's like what what they might be struggling to access Today, you know, they're going to have the same issues with a new piece of technology, potentially 12 months down the track. You know, what if people are having clandestine meetings with their virtual reality oh. headsets, you know, across the world? It's it's so interesting, but I think, you know, the transparency piece is obviously key. There feels yeah. a bit, you know, we are giving away so much data and so much information all the time, and there is this lack of understanding from the consumer, especially, you know, as we're talking about before, the millennial consumer who are less concerned about how much information they're giving away. It's going to be really interesting as they grow up and technology progresses, what kind of happens with this policy? And they have less trust in the government than we do. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they start from the basis of absolute distrust totally. of the authority because um, that's all they've known. So they're starting in a really different position. It's like they're at polar ends. Just. But didn't you find it fascinating on how much presence the US government had here? How many seminars? Oh. How you know, sort of you know, we've obviously got you know a government now that's in place who is trying to sort of forge forward with innovation as a, as a, as, an, as as a key agenda. But you come here, and there's so many, uh, and to have the president here, yep. one, but two, I, I think I counted twenty seminars um, where the, the government is pushing this sort of innovation agenda and trying to recruit top talent yeah and and you think well if 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 americans are kind of well i don't like you know i don't trust the government to actually wouldn't it be cool to work for the government because i think i saw a panel and they had former google they had former um facebook people working they're on a recruitment drive and you think i don't see brands doing that i don't yeah. see the cokes of the world doing that but yeah. i'm seeing the government doing that it's it's amazing it's, it's, it's like you're saying it's your responsibility as an American to participate in the government. Don't sit there and knock us. Actually, come join us. And they, they, they really come participate. This is what we're doing and we need you to help us achieve this. It was like the open come work for That's us right. to participate in your They're government. making it cool. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about Facebook yeah. or Twitter. It's like, <laughs> go and do help forms. That's yeah, right. Immigration That's form. right. Yeah. Because that was so amazing. Like, Obama was up on stage and he said, We need you. Yeah, like, he and that called was, out. But that was the messaging from all the government panels. Totally. It was yeah. like the invitation to participate, come and participate. It's, you know, it's part of your responsibility to make government, which is very. I couldn't imagine that happening no. in Australia. No. And then I'm sitting there going, Oh, let me add it. Can you just <laughs> <laughs> They might find that photo, though, of you. What was it? 
F the system. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so Bring it on. It's in the yeah. cloud now. The They've got it. <laughs> we already floated that, you know, none of us did very well. We didn't go to any parties. What no. are we doing? No. I know, I heard, you know, we didn't go to any parties. So I got best parties. They're like, you know, where was your favorite place to, to grab, a, grab a drink after all the sessions? My first time to Austin. There is a great restaurant with a great vibe. I wouldn't even say on every corner, every 10 metres. Yeah. And what really struck me with Austin is the moment I landed, the openness of yes. the city. So yeah. you can just go and talk to anybody. I could go sit at a table with other people on there and they would welcome you with open arms. That's what I find enjoyable when I go away. Uh, I agree. I, I think southern food. I mean, oh. I think you need to go to the gym for about a week. <laughs> straight for 24 hours but just the food it's just so wholesome everyone you are right it's a warm feeling that you get here uh, coffee not so great apart from this place margaritas, but margaritas are great absolutely the whiskey here the american whiskey is absolutely phenomenal but people are so um open and welcoming and we had a situation the other day a, a colleague of ours just went to the bar uh, quick drink before seminar and he sort of met a couple from Austin and they were he, he was actually selling a product and he was here to get inspired by the conference and it was actually selling a you know when you get a Windex and that little um, tube that goes at the end yeah. well his frustration was that um, the tube doesn't didn't actually hit the bottom and, and so you got that little bit so he would sell the bits at the end and that you, you attach and it was called the last squirt <laughs> And uh, my colleague is a creative, and he, he showed him the infomercial. Said, "I've made an infomercial. Would you give me any tips? <laughs> what do you say to this guy?" The last quote. But you know, but this is the kind of people that you'll meet. Yeah. it's fantastic. Place. It's amazing. I was sitting um, on a park bench outside the convention center the other day before I was about to kind of go meet some more people, and you know, someone asked like sit down next to me. It's like sure, and we started chatting, and she's from BBH. She ended up within like five minutes of our conversation, you know, without even knowing really anything that I did or who I was. She was adding me on WhatsApp because I was saying I was here by myself. She's like, we're going to parties, come out. And that's just the vibe I've had from yeah. absolutely yeah, everyone. You just pick up people. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I've never experienced anything like this, you know, just how and open everyone is. The music's so good, isn't oh. it? The music's amazing. 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 Have you gone to a boot scoot? No. You've got no. to try that. <laughs> I, would, I would if I'd had time. That's, that's the only downside. Yeah. Yes. Is I could spend a year here and I don't think I would cover everything that needed yeah. totally. to be covered. Totally. Yeah. There's so much. And I think what the big, the big tip for me is actually give up on trying to conquer everything. Yes. Just try and make sure you have a good experience. That's right. Yeah. Oh, You're absolutely right. Definitely. Definitely. I think you know, a year of this kind of speed could kill me though. Like I don't yeah. think I could. <laughs> it's only five days. So that, well, it goes longer yeah. a bit. <laughs> Thank God. And um, look, lastly, I'd just like to quickly touch on, you know, um, if you're both going to Cannes as well this year, um, and, you know, uh, is there room for both, I guess, in the agency calendar, South by and Cannes? Yeah, for me, I think they're totally different. I went to Cannes for the first time last year. Um, for me, Cannes is, is much more media-creative-centric. South by Southwest is just anyone and everything with so many different divergent ideas. So I think they're very, very different very different feel, very different focus. Um, I think, you know, you go to Cannes, there's one track, like you go, that's what you do, you go to the events and you balance that um, with meetings and also too, you're in the south of France during the day for the sun's beating. Here, you're hardcore during the day, there's 50 simultaneous sessions you can go to that you have to choose and then you're just like having fun at night. So to me, they're very different, very different stakeholders, very different agendas. Yeah. Um, and I think they coexist really well. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I don't think there's so many great conferences 
uh, festivals that celebrate different things and you know from a CES which is very specific on that technology to come here there's technology but you know it's not all about technology and and, you know you see the president talking or whatever and then Cannes is very much based on creativity and obviously media innovation Um, I I think it'd be sad to say it's one or the other Uh, and there's so many other conferences that go on in the world you know that that you know you have to learn, and I think in in this day and age that you know you, you've got to be inspired of what are, what are individual entities, companies doing out there to push the envelope on how to connect with a consumer better, how to make brands more relevant, how to make agencies more relevant, and I think it's more about absorbing that and getting inspired. And if you've got the luxury, if you can do it, fantastic. It's a you know lives are busy and all that kind of stuff, but if you can do it, great. Um, why not? Yeah, so Sapphire's not killing Khan just yet. I just think they're two different. Yeah. They're, they're, they're two different yeah. animals. You know, it's like saying CES is a replacement of Southlight. They're two different yeah. things, and I don't think they are. Um, and and they will always coexist. And I'm sure there'll be others that pop up. Yeah, definitely. We're going to be travelling around the world for a little while just yet. Then that's good. <laughs> <laughs> just bring your own coffee. Yeah, exactly. Mind you, I think Australian coffee is is, is conquering the world. Totally. Yeah. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. It's our greatest yeah. export at the moment. You've been listening to Ad News Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.